Well, good morning, everybody. November 4th. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today on incredibly here in Maine, a 75-degree day on November 4th. And bright sun, I might add. So just absolutely incredible. And I hope it's like that where you are, too. Okay, uh, hopefully there's good weather everywhere and good feelings towards everybody. We've got a, a nice show for you today with good friends from Case, the Council of Administrators of Special Education. I've got Phyllis Wolfram here. She's the executive director of Case. And also she has brought with her a first timer here. We got, I'll bring them on in just a second. We've got Dr. Vicki McNamara, who's the director of professional services over at Case. Okay, and she, she's new to over there. Okay, it's really great. Okay, she's former director of special education, quote, just retired, says my note. I have a feeling Phyllis is going to keep her unretired for a long, long time. And we're going to be talking about a couple of events that are coming up for case. We want you to be very well aware of it regarding special education, which is so key these days. Okay, we're going to talk about their 2023 annual case winter workshop and also we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming uh, national conference which is if i'm reading this correctly next week we're going to find out more about it from my guests please go over to ace-ed.org that's where we archive this podcast and everything else we do is over there ace-ed.org it's friday we got great guests here phyllis good morning how are you Good morning, Larry. I am doing great in Springfield, Missouri. Here it is 68 and sunny. Can you believe uh, this? So I, yeah, so I'm enjoying some beautiful weather. It's it's incredible. And Vicky, welcome. Hi, Vicky. Good morning. How are you? I'm Hi, also here in Springfield. There you it's go. Gorgeous. It is gorgeous here. Let me take a shot. 68 degrees. Yes. Can you believe it? Actually, I'm 69. I'm on the other side of Springfield. There you go. I have wrong again. What can I tell you, Vicky? It's nice to meet you. Please call me Larry. Okay, it's a pleasure to have you here. And Phyllis, you you wrote this. I'm going to just read it here. This is fun. Vicky, Dr. McNamara, is one of two new case employees. Okay, you wrote this. Case is growing, and you're so excited to have her join the team. Let's talk about Vicky for a minute. Vicky was a uh, she was director of special education school district or a school or tell me who wants to answer that. Vicki, you tell me, tell me about yourself. Uh, yeah, actually I just um, retired as uh, in my, as it said, um, I retired about seven hours and then Phil's put me back to work. Um, so I'm excited <laughs> to be about from <laughs> excited to be joining the case team. Um, oh, I retired with, 29 years in special education, and I served as a special education director um, across suburban, urban, and rural school districts. I was really lucky in my career to get to do a little bit of everything. I've got a nice big smile on my face. Okay, thanks for doing all that work, okay, for 29 years for the school districts, and you're still doing it, working with Case. Okay, how long have you guys known each other, Phyllis? How long have you known Vicki? Uh, we've probably known each other about 15 years, maybe a well, few more. We, so you both uh, met, met when you were 16. That's good. You both met when you were 16. That's good. Yeah, we were just babes, just babes. <laughs> yeah. And we, uh, you know, we met in case, you know, networking yeah. through Missouri Case and uh, putting our heads together, solving problems, and uh, doing networking across the state and supporting new directors here in Missouri. So, uh, Vicki was the perfect and likely candidate to come and work with us uh, because I can't let 
these really, really smart people just uh, retire and walk away. Right. They still have too, too much to give. Too much That's to give. Right. You're, you're darn right. You're doing right. It's great. Mm-hmm. Vicki, welcome. It's good. It's good for everybody. Good for you. Good for you. kids. Good for Kate, et cetera, et cetera. It's nice, to, it's nice to have you here. Hey, Phyllis, did I read this right? Is your big annual conference next week? Uh, we are flying out tomorrow morning, the case staff, because, Larry, our numbers, uh, we have a couple board meetings, and then Wednesday we start our conference with a luncheon. We have 876 leaders registered oh, for wow. our conference. That's wow. double from And we have 77 exhibitors that are coming to provide support and resources oh, for everyone. Yeah, we couldn't be more excited and yet a little nervous about the growth and, uh, and all that's going on. But we're going to have a great time, a great time. You are going to have a great time. Salt Lake's a good city, by the way, and you're going to you're just going to have terrific. And I'm so thrilled. You've got 77 exhibitors there. That's great. Exactly. That, I know, that, right? That, that that's that's absolutely yeah. fabulous. That's that's absolutely think, fabulous. Well, wait, I had to ask you. Wait, I got to ask you this. Of the set, what what is the um the the uh, big categories of exhibitors? I'll say it that way that come to mind. I mean, I assume e-therapy that kind of company will be there. Am I correct? What, what, who are the exhibitors? Just a, a snapshot of the exhibitors. It is, it is a wide array. You are correct. We'll have, uh, you know, e-therapy people there. However, I will tell you, uh, and you're going to like this, and probably yes. you should come out and is there is a lot of behavioral health and mental health uh, support yeah. and programming that's going on uh, with a number of companies to provide support to local school districts and educators, as well as as well as parents. Uh, there are a number oh, of companies good. reaching out to parents as well. So um, uh, this is an open invitation for you to come and uh, hang out with us at the conference and in our exhibit hall because uh, it's well, going to be fabulous. Thank you. It is going to be fabulous. Okay, and you're just going to have a, you're just going to have a wonderful time. Okay, and I'm so glad that the uh, the attendance is so high and the number of exhibitors is so high. And yeah, I, I have to ask, why, do you think it's just because the pandemic is over and everybody wants to you know get back together? I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. But I also think there's a um, a real need out there for if, if special ed, social emotional learning, that sort of stuff. What what are your thoughts on that, Phil? Or, or Vicky, yeah. Best to Vicky, what? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll start, and then I'll toss it over to Vicky. I think part of okay. it is, um, you know, there there is some funding that's coming through. So I think there are yeah. maybe some districts that do get to travel, and and uh, Larry, I think that um, we have so many new people coming into the field, and so many wow. young leaders that they're looking for resources. We know so many people retired uh, after or during the pandemic. Um, so I think that's, uh, that that's one of the reasons. Plus, I'd like to think that um, our, our featured speakers, our keynote speakers, we have uh, Joe Beckman. Uh, he's going to talk about Human Connection Matters. And Dr. Lori DeSaltos, Developing Brain, Body, and How Adversity Impacts Well-Being. So we have a focus on mental health, behavioral health of adults, mm-hmm. as well as 
our students that we serve. And Vicki, I don't know if you'd add anything to that. I know Vicki's been much more intimate into some of the programming. Go ahead, um, Vic. I, I think I would I I would agree with Phyllis about um obviously the quality of the programming that we're attracting is just yeah. phenomenal. Um I think Case has an amazing reputation of being the place to go for information um, that is cutting edge and innovative. And um, I think people across the, the nation and, and Canada and other places want mm-hmm. to come and hear hear what we are presenting. Um, I also agree that I think that in our um, field right now, there are tons of new people, but also the people that are staying are kind of facing things that are different than they have experienced probably earlier in their career. And, you know, sometimes being a special education director is um, a lonely job because you're a singleton in your district. It's There's not an other special ed director right there that you can bounce ideas off of. So it is, it's the opportunity to come together and be with 876 like-minded people, people who think and breathe and believe the same things you do. So I think that that's some of the attraction too. I know that's what has always attracted me to um, case and case functions. And you're dead on right. You know, it's the old saying, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's uh, 877 other people who are facing the same challenges that you, the colloquial you, is facing. And you don't have to come up with a solution by yourself. Other people are facing it. And that's one of the great reasons for these conferences, to network people and put them together and all that. But both of you said something that I think made me very happy, and I want you to explain it because we all know there's a band. We've done shows on this, Phil, that there's a uh, you know teacher shortage out there. Okay? And then, but both of you, and I loved hearing this. I just want you to explain it. said there's tons of new people in the field. Okay, and do you mean that people have been promoted to a new administrative position, or or are we really seeing an upswing and people are coming back, getting into getting into education, particularly special education? Phil, what's the word on that? I think they're promoting people up. I think that we not only are we experiencing that shortage of special education teachers in the classroom, but we're seeing administrators retire uh, in great numbers as well. Mm. Therefore. We have new leaders coming up through the ranks and uh, that are, are looking for guidance, looking for support, looking for answers to what they're doing. And uh, I, I think that's what's creating, um, I think, the newness in the field. I've been traveling around to several of the states in May, June, July, and August. And I do a little poll survey as part of my presentation and keynote, and I say how many um, have been in the field one to five years, and over half of the hands raised in wow. the room. So we know we wow. have a young group of administrators across the nation um, that are that are showing up and and looking for support and resources. Um, and and as a result of that, you know, just kind of uh, to toss it back to Vicky to let her tell you one of the things sure. we're doing is new directors. We have a, a, a new program that we're going to roll out in January. Uh, Vicki, you want to talk to us a little bit about that? She's been working Please. really hard with Please. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm super, super excited about it um, because, you know, as you pointed out and as we keep talking about, our new folks, they just need to know they're not the only new people out there. So we are starting what we're calling our new directors network. We're going to kick it off at the fall nice. conference. 
um, in a session, and it really is aimed to have the opportunity for people who are new to the field and new to their jobs as administrators in programming over special education can come together and talk about topics, but really just come together and know that there are people all over the country that are thinking the same things and struggling with the same things and celebrating the same small wins. And so that's really what once a month they're going to have an hour and um, Phyllis will uh, be there with another director or with a panel of directors who can serve kind of more as maybe less as experts and more as colleagues and support yeah. and bringing, bringing strategies to um, the new folks about these are the things that they've done to uh, approach that idea or that concept or that struggle or that challenge. Um, so we're really hoping our members, our new members will find it to be uh, one of the biggest supports that they have throughout next year. Well, believe me, they will. Okay, fine. They will find it to be one of the biggest supports they have for next year and beyond. Okay, and, and again, you know, Thank you. I, I have to ask, Vicki, I have to ask, you were the director of uh, special education, all right, for school districts, et cetera, and schools. And I'm curious, and just as you think about it and kind of off the top of your head, okay, what is in, and the 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 the, uh, the environment today in special ed is different certainly than it was ten years ago and certainly since the pandemic et cetera okay everything's if I may everything's changed and just in your mind what what does a new uh, director of special education need to know what 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 would come to mind top wow that's such yeah. a great um that's a great question because honestly yeah, that's what you. I've been kind of what I've been kind of a uh, working with and trying to set up in this once a month topic. Exactly. Um, I, exactly. I think the first thing probably that they need to know is how do I keep all the balls in the air? What exactly <laughs> when, when 52 <laughs> things are at my desk at the same time, what needs to come first? And then they also need to know, so what are some um, quick strategies and quick approaches to getting some of the more tasks, that are, you know, very step-by-step and procedural tasks that you can check off your list. How do I do those quickly and efficiently? And then how do I uh, philosophically approach those mm. true problem-solving, true situations that, that call on me to use my leadership, and I'm a brand-new leader who does, may not have that practice yet. So um, I think those are probably the biggest, the, the two biggest scenarios, obviously, how do I deal with, kids who are having mental health crisis, yep. how do I deal with teacher shortage, what do I do with this budget, how do I make how sure I How do I deal with teachers who are having a mental, mental health crisis? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's out there. Correct. And so so right. basically your best advice with the top things are how to prioritize, if I wrote this down as you were talking, how to prioritize and, and time management. Okay, when you say juggle uh-huh. all those balls in mm-hmm. the air, you know, it's because it's, you're, you're faced with a thousand things, where's number one? There was number two, yeah. there was number three, you know, emergencies come up, but, but just, you know, in general, you know, and I'll, I'll stick with you, Vicki. Okay. You just, you just came out of the trenches there. If, if, as, you, as you look at the, <clears throat> the challenges, not in time management or anything, what, what are, what are the big things that are out there? I know, and I want to say this in February, and you're going to get the words out later the next week, you guys are going to be doing a, 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 a case winter workshop. Okay, on deciphering dyslexia, which is, you know, everybody knows what dyslexia is and how important it is out there and how to figure out how to teach these kids. But 
my my question is: Is that the top thing that you guys want to talk about next week? I'll stick with Vicky on this, or or you know, where where else do you want to go next week besides dyslexia, or maybe that's what you really want to focus on? What's going well, on? Well, uh, next week we have um, great opportunities. There are several strands in our conference. There's yeah, the leadership strands. It, yeah. There's law. Yeah, leadership strands, law strands. Um, equity yeah. and and uh, diversity strand. Um, there's programming. There's mental health. So it it runs the gamut of depending upon where you are in your career. Because as you know, with 876 um, folks that are coming, they're all kind of doing something different, and they all need different right. yeah. pieces at this point in their career. We do have new people, but we'll have veterans who've been coming to case conferences for 30 years. Um, so we really try to be careful that we're providing a great program that is full of options and new learning um, for anybody that attends. So would right. you add it, anything to that? Yeah, Phyllis. I, I think you pretty well covered it, Nick. That's yeah. a good job. It, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, but Phil, let me ask you though, as you look at it, okay, and I, I think she did cover it well. What do, what do you see as the top thing right now? Top, top of the list. Phyllis Wolfram, top. the top of the list. Uh-huh. The top challenge. I think that I think the top challenge right now, given all that, all the balls that have to be held in the yeah. air, is the ability to communicate effectively with families. And and I and I think that's the support wow. we need to provide all these young leaders so that we're all getting on the same page. There's too much adversity. Um, there, you know, we're we're right now dealing with a supreme uh, an issue that's going to the Supreme Court. Um, what is that? Regarding what is that issue? What is that it's, issue? Uh, it's it's Perez versus Sturgis Public Schools, and it it has to do with parents wanting monetary damages and uh, having to exhaust all the administrative remedies. And that is such a, it's such not a fun place to be with families Um, when you get into the hearings and disagreements. So I I think we start with how do we communicate effectively? How are we meeting the needs of our families and our students? Um, And and Hmm. how, how can't, like as Vicki said, how can we support these new leaders in effective programming in the schools? One, when we know we have a shortage of special education staff. Two, we have substitutes in classrooms. My uh, colleague and case president just two weeks ago said, I can't meet with you today because I'm substituting in a classroom. Um, how do we just do our job so effectively that we are communicating to the point that we don't end up in those adversarial situations? To me, that's a, that's a top big issue. For well, our young and that, that, yeah, and, and that's, that's really interesting. And, I, you know, I, I think that is the challenge. Well, obviously, this country is having a lot of trouble communicating with each other, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and that's A. Okay, and then there's so much misinformation and everybody's mad at everybody else, et cetera. But with special education, the parents, okay, are so, so very concerned They must take a strong position for their child. Okay, that's just part and parcel of the game. Okay, and believe me, it's no game. 
All right, but that that's mm-hmm. something that happens. And 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 what can you just explain what happened in Sturgis? I assume it's Sturgis, South Dakota, where the motorcycle rally is. I assume. No. Um, oh well, it could be. You know, I I have Michigan. Michigan, it, oh, thank I you. I think it's Sturgis. I think it's Sturgis, Michigan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, South Dakota, so, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just briefly what happened in, in that situation yeah. was um, the school district, um, from what I what I read, did err in, in some of the services that they were providing. And the parents came to the table. I think there was a due process hearing that was filed, but they settled it. They settled it and they offered services. Uh, they offered compensatory services, things that they hadn't uh, done well in the past. And so they did a settlement agreement with the parents. And so under IDEA, so now the parents are filing a different suit. Um, It went in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, which sided with the district because they're trying to bring another case for monetary damages under Section 504 and ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so now the the issue is, should the, the since they did a settlement agreement at the due process level, do they have to go back and exhaust that remedy and go through a due process hearing under IDEA before they can go to court to ask wow. for monetary damages? Because you can't get monetary damages under IDEA. So now they're going a different route. So what we have is just, you know, this, this huge um, – issue that could impact all of us if right. we don't have to go through the administrative review process and parents can go straight to court and ask for monetary damages without trying to problem solve from the beginning. And I think that is where I come in to say communication is key. Yeah. Communication, yeah. working effectively with parents from the very beginning is, is so key to us being successful and uh, being able to be, you know, successful with kids in the classroom because you got to yep. know that families are impacted at that level and they're upset and they're not happy. Children aren't happy. You know, they're they're not in a good space either. Uh, it impacts it impacts them. So well, well, the other I have to say the other thing if if if, if things are, if communications are bad and it gets to this point that also then teachers aren't happy either, and we can't afford to lose any teachers. Okay, it's, it's, it's that so, simple. So the yeah. communication, you know, is just yeah. it's, that, that. That's a great point, Phil. I got to tell you. I mean, it, it it's really it's stressful for teachers to have to go through those types yeah. of hearings because oh, it, it's they love Their teachers are in classrooms because they love kids, and and we now have adults in big time disagreement. And um, yeah, we 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 need to try and and avoid that at all costs. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just incredible. Hey, is there a virtual component to next week's uh, conference? There is not. We are totally in person. Um, (laughs) I I, I, I don't have enough staff yet, Larry, to get to do double duty for 876 people. So (laughs) we are totally in person. We are not virtual. We do not have a virtual component. Yeah. That's great. Again, everybody's sick and tired of virtual. Okay, it, it serves well, a purpose, but it's nice to beat every. It, it's nice to force the issue and get everybody there for goodness sakes. And as I and said, it, so it, yeah, so it's great. And, but, and, yeah. 
in the late afternoon, we're going to be doing some networking, and we do not want cameras around anywhere. So, we, <laughs> is that going to, is that going to be at the hotel be. bar? Where is that? Where's that networking <laughs> taking place? So, right. Yeah, yeah. The text, no. and I'll tell you where we. Are. So, yeah, the private uh, clubs in Salt Lake. <laughs> okay, not the hotel. Yeah. I don't know if they're at the hotel bar mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, that's really yeah. funny though. It's great. Everybody's you know, got to let up some steam. So you got the the big conference coming up. That's next week. Okay. And mm-hmm. then in February, I want to go over this again. You're going to have your winter workshop. And that there will be some information up there, uh, up probably on your website, KCEC, uh, next week sometime or the week after. That's in February. Uh, what, how do you see the difference between the two, between your winter workshop? Like, you're going to talk a lot about dyslexia, I'm sure, in the next week. But there's going to be even a deeper dive in February. Is that the way you see it? It is. Um, it's, it's virtual. Uh, you know, the first day we are going to feature a lot of our sponsors, and there's going to be sponsor showcase sessions um, for people oh, nice. to come for our, um, and look at nice. all the resources that they may be needing. So uh, we offer that to a full day of concurrent sessions for all of our sponsors. And then we're going to dive right into deciphering dyslexia. The information is already posted on our website, and registration is up for it. And, um, there, you know, there's a lot of controversy over dyslexia right now. There's a lot of state legislation going on uh, with regard to requirements for screening and evaluation for dyslexia of all students. Um, there's a, a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, there's a lot of good information out there. And we hope to, um, I don't hope, we will be providing some good information Uh, Vicki, I'm going to toss it to you to talk more specifically about what you see um, uh, us doing with dyslexia at the winter workshop. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, You know, really our intention for this winter workshop is to help our to help our attendees be able to answer the question, what is dyslexia as it relates to special education? So, Dyslexia and how it's addressed across the across the United States, yeah, in every district, in every state, like it can look very, very, very different. So we're really trying to um, help build a foundation of what really what is dyslexia. So the first part um, is going to be kind of an overview of what is dyslexia, what what happens. Um, there's going to be a lot of information about what happens in your brain. Um, mm-hmm. when you're learning to read and when when things kind of go awry and you need a different path for learning how to mm-hmm. how to read. So uh, we'll have some of that. We'll have um, a session on how does dyslexia and the development of language intersect and support and um, how are they both intertwined in order to be able to read, to learn to read. Um, we'll also have a, sec- a session on what are those underlying brain brain functions and those skills that kids need to have in order to master the five components of reading. So, um, and how do we um, how do we work with them and support them when it's really a skill deficit for that underlying skill. Um, sure. And then we'll have. Um, a session really about so here's all this information and we have all of this evaluation because everybody's doing evaluations for students with reading what do we what do we do with all that how do we approach how to program for it in schools yeah. so um 
super excited. It's really going to be pretty yeah. heavy it's interesting. content. It is heavy. Um, it is heavy duty. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, people will walk I, away I, I, very. They they will walk away with a lot more information. I got to tell you, which, absolutely. Uh, you, as you were talking, I was thinking. How many of what percentage, maybe, I don't know if you guys know this, or maybe you know it anecdotally, okay, what percentage of special ed students, I, I never thought about this before, are dyslexic? Okay, mm-hmm. obviously, it's, it's it's high. Obviously, it's so important to you guys. <laughs> Phyllis, I'll ask you, do you, have, do you have any idea? And you taught for years, so Vicki, what percentage of the mm-hmm. kids were dyslexic? Well, what we know is we have uh, we know those numbers across the nation for children with learning disabilities, and what we know is dyslexia is a type of learning disability right. under the IDEA. Um, so schools do not. There may be some states, but from a federal perspective, we do not track dyslexia individually and separately from children with learning disabilities oh, in reading. Okay. Well. There are well, there are some there are some people who will say that there's about 25 percent of the population that are dyslexic, and I don't I don't know that that research is valid. Uh, I can't really speak to it. I haven't studied it uh, extensively. Right. I, I find that a little hard to believe that it's to the point where they would need some type of service, uh, especially children. It, but yeah, I think that's, that's, where, that's where the that's where the push for legislation is coming from, from from the groups that believe that there are more dyslexic uh, children or even adults than um, what we're identifying. So what we're trying to do, uh, so many schools, because we look at learning disabilities in the area of reading, we look at learning disabilities in the area of math, and if you go back to the federal regulations, it does talk about and uses the term dyslexia in the federal regs. But so many times we stay so focused on just a learning disability and reading, and we know the five components of reading, and we really stick to that. So, so many times you will hear teachers or you will hear even special educators say, well, we don't do dyslexia in our schools. And, in fact, we do. We, we do it through working with children with learning disabilities. And so that's part of um, one of the myths that we want to uh, uh, put out there in the open is to say dyslexia is real. Here's what it is, and here's how it works through the lens of special education. Here's what we should be doing in our schools. Uh, so we're very excited uh, about this opportunity uh, to teach and to provide some best practice pieces uh, that come into play uh, for especially our, our new and young leaders across the nation. Well, I just have to ask you this. If so, if, with so many people possibly being dyslexic, is there enough in just generic teacher training for a teacher to understand that a kid might be dyslexic and get in touch with the special ed group? Okay. It's a, in general teacher training. And I'll tell you this. Let me tell you this. Back when I was in school for teaching, okay, uh, literally they have no conceivable idea what was going on with anything else, but in my case, social studies. Okay, they were mm-hmm. idiots. Mm-hmm. All right, if I may be so bold. All right, so uh-huh. my quite, they had no bearing on anything to do with school. It was unbelievable when I think back on it. But um, these days, do general education teachers know what to look for at all? 
Phyllis. What I would say, or how Vic? would I yeah. answer? I would answer that question by saying it would vary from one extreme to another based on a local district's focus of the general ed curriculum and the skills that they believe their teachers need to have to teach reading. I served in a couple, in a number of different school districts, and there was a huge focus in two of my districts on reading and uh, general ed teachers understanding how to teach reading explicitly. And uh, But that's not the case everywhere. So it is, I, I, my response to that is varied. It's varied across the nation um, in, from local school district to local school district because local school boards set the curriculum for their school districts and the priorities, right? So. Wow. And, I, and, what, and about, what, about the, a, what about the teacher training? Right. Just I was going to jump in and say that, Larry. Training. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. I think you I think you hit that second prong of that really depends upon what university you studied and yeah. what their approach and what their curriculum looked like and what their um, when you graduate, what were the requirements? When did you go through school? How long have you been teaching? I mean, there's so many variables. Yeah. I think that's what I, you know, began this conversation about the winter workshop about. It, it really, it doesn't matter what what state you're in. It can be what city you're in. It can be what school district you're in within that city. Everybody and how how dyslexia interacts in their world or plays out in their world looks so very different. And so just being able to educate folks, to give them some foundational knowledge so that when they're in those school districts and somebody comes down the hallway and says, hey, we have this group of kids or we have these parents or we have this curriculum or we have this wherever it's coming from, thing called dyslexia special ed director, you need to do something that they have a a foundational idea of where to start. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm just going to say this as we wind down here. Yeah, This may be the conference for – next week is the conference for special education administrators through CASE. That's in Salt Lake City. It's KCEC.org. And my point of that, of bringing it up, is that it's not just special educators that need to go, although that's the, that's the main focus. We need to have superintendents, okay, and I'll say curriculum directors, that kind of thing, so they can carry the word back, okay? They need to be as aware of all this as, as the special education teacher can't just fall on their shoulders the whole way, okay? We and agree. The, yeah, and the communication, you know, has to come that way, okay? Because it, you can't just – it's a, it's another ball to juggle. Well, now that you've learned all this next week, take it back to your school and, and teach, your, teach, your, teach your superintendent, okay? The superintendents need to go there. Oh, they need to really right. understand this, okay? They or or, the, or or like we'll just use Sturgis. There's going to be trouble later, okay? There's mm-hmm. going to be trouble later. They have to understand what's going on, especially in special ed, which is so bound by rules and regulations from the feds and from the states, okay? Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what you guys do, okay? And you do a darn good <laughs> job of it. And by the way, all the, all of this is professional development for educators, and I'll tell you. You really pick up the ball, in my opinion, where the colleges of education have left behind. Okay, you really continually are giving teachers and administrators what they need to to exist and work in the in the world we live in today. And that's well, you do a hell of a good job. And now you got Vicky to help you do it, right, Phil? 
I tell you, I tell you what, I am blessed. Uh, we've got some great, uh, great things yeah. happening in the case office, and all those events that you were just talking about, Larry, they are posted uh, on our website. You just need to go okay. to the events tab at kcec.org, and I thank you for helping us get the word out so we well, can continue to you know build capacity. Yeah, yeah. And and, it, and by the way, I, I want to remind you, you're always welcome to do a column in our magazine. We always want you there. Don't ever right. forget that. Okay. Hey, I think Vicky, I can delegate that to Dr. McNamara. I have a feeling you Great. might. I think you should immediately, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Vicki, why don't you write it. that column? 400 words, Vic. Come on. We'll get it in the magazine Absolutely. all the time. Okay, we'd love it. Yeah, I'll, I, will, I'll, 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 I will make sure you I'll know about that it. that thought, Larry, right We're going to whip Phyllis into You and me, Vicki, we're going to whip Phyllis into shape. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody got <laughs> Both of you have a great time, a professional time, a wonderful, fun time in Salt Lake City next week. Okay, I can't thank you thank enough for taking time to be here today. Okay, have a good thank one, you, ladies. Larry. Thank you. It was nice thank to meet you. you. Oh, Vicky, my pleasure, and I'll be in touch. Okay, you guys take Thanks. care. Fly safe. Bye bye. Thank you, bye. sir. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Okay. Well, I love those people. Okay, that's case. Okay. Council of Administrators Special Education, Case CEC, because they're part of the Council for Exceptional Children, KCEC.org. Okay, Phyllis is the executive director. Vicky's new. Dr. McNamara is, what, what is her title here? Let's see, I got it here. So oh, she is uh, director of professional services over there. Okay, and they're going to have a good time in uh, Salt Lake next week. Okay, we're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. All right, please go over there. We do a lot of stuff over there. I hope you go over, check it out in our magazine. We're working on a new issue. Really good stuff. All right, my name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's Friday. Have a good weekend.